Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, from great idea to booming success. We are what I like to call a pre-startup accelerator. So we start with the raw engineering talent. In fact, when people come to Masterpiece, I tell them, come to Masterpiece, the great place you get to work overtime for free, and if you do a really good job, I'll teach you how to lead the company. The Greater Washington Region is listed as a place where there are more software engineers than any place in the country, including Silicon Valley. Yet many are concerned or asked whether or not these talented people are in a position or have the resources necessary to become more entrepreneurial on their own. Drew Cohen is CEO of Masterpiece Launchpad, an innovative approach to helping our technology entrepreneurs become business leaders. Drew, thanks for taking the time to join us. Jonathan, thanks for having me. Well, Masterpiece Launchpad, it's a great name. What exactly is Masterpiece Launchpad? Sure. Well, so Masterpiece is, is two pieces. We have Masterpiece Solutions, which is a very traditional government contracting company that's based in the Columbia, Maryland area and is there because of the talent pool, right? The, the world-class engineers, particularly cyber software developers that have grown up in that area over the last decade and a half. Um, actually a little bit longer. And uh, so there's a great talent pool in that area. But as you mentioned, that talent pool is generally focused on government contracting, which is not part of the global information economy. And so Masterpiece Launchpad is a technology accelerator specifically designed to enable Masterpiece engineers to build their own companies and to start them and, and, uh, and move into the commercial, primarily cyber arena, but other technology arena. I've been involved in research a number of different locations uh, in here in the region. And one of the things that I've learned with the team that I work with is that there are very few product companies in cybersecurity. You know, in comparison, roughly 5% of cybersecurity companies in our region are product. Everybody else is service or solutions. Why does it matter? Well, a couple of things. So the services business, especially the local services business, has a large component of government contracting. And it's kind of easy, but it's not what investors really want, right? Because, you know, as Microsoft demonstrated in the early 80s, you know, the incremental cost of a piece of software is, um, is free, right? Mm -hmm. So those businesses are highly scalable. And you see that online. And it's not, it's not accidental that the, the largest businesses we have today are technology product businesses, or, you know, internet-oriented network effect kind of businesses. And that's not a services business, which is linearly scalable, right? You have a certain number of people, and you get, every time you add more people, you grow, but it's a very linear model. I had an investor tell me once that, um, you know, a dry cleaner is a good business, but they're never investing in it. Mm. So if you want to generate the capital for investment, you need a um, business model that has increasing rate of returns. And so what we're looking for at Masterpiece at Launchpad is we talk with our engineers and say, is your idea an idea that is scalable, right? Can it, can it generate a business that has a hockey stick model? Because that's what investors are looking for. So it sounds to me like how you're differentiated uh, from, say, a Mach 37 cyber accelerator or um, uh, Data Tribe or, or others is is that you're actually spinning companies out of an existing government contractor. Is that the big difference? That's it. I mean, and we're exclusive. So I actually, I know the Data Tribe guys and I know uh, Rick Gordon very well. 
Um, Over at Mach 37. At, at Mach 37. I'm a big fan of, of both of their models, but they start with investment dollars and they're looking for entrepreneurs to get behind, right? And so they already kind of have companies coming to them. We are what I like to call a pre-startup accelerator. So we start with the raw engineering talent. In fact, when people come to Masterpiece, I tell them, come to Masterpiece. It's a great place. You get to work overtime for free. And if you do a really good job, I'll teach you how to leave the company. <laughs> what a great sales opportunity. Come and work for free and uh, you can get rich. But that's what entrepreneurs do, right? I mean, they do it nights and weekends. That's what they do. As you look at this region, is this a model that you see other government contractors starting to do more, or are you surprised that more aren't doing it? Because this will seem to be a pretty a pretty smart thing to be doing. So, one, I expect as we have success, we might see more people try to emulate it, but it's pretty hard, right? So my background's a little bit unique in that I was a partner at Booz Allen Hamilton, but I also worked for Intel in Silicon Valley in what became Intel Ventures. So in the mid 90s, I was doing, I was part of the Intel's group that did, you know, dot com investment. So I have, and I started two companies and, and exited two startups pretty successfully. So I've got kind of the combination of, you know, West Coast VC startup and uh, Washington, D.C. area government contracting. And so I live at that intersection. So, and that's what, you know, in a lot of ways, we built Masterpiece to help, I try to find people that would have been like me, right? Am I building a place I would have wanted to go to when I was an engineer trying to start a technology company coming out of a government contractor, which is what I did early, early you know, in the mid 80s, I actually was the software development lead for a company, BTG, which was a local success company. You worked for Ed Bursoff. Right? I did, I was Ed's 24th person. Okay, and okay. Ed's been a giant in the government contract industry for a long time here. As you look at and as you mentor these companies, what are the biggest skill gaps between being a really successful deliverer of technology services and being a really successful software product entrepreneur? What are the skill gaps? So, well, let's maybe I'll take a step back and look at the people we get, right? So, the engineers that we hire, I mean, we're focused in the Columbia area. So, we get a lot of brilliant software people with strong math backgrounds, because that's part of that mission space. It's not just software development, but it, it has the networking and cryptography pieces. And these people tend to be introverts, right? Then they work for a government agency that you're not supposed to say anything to anyone about. And then they live in the Columbia area, which is and, and historically been a bit remote relative to the DC region, right? So you have guys that have, they are introverts, engineers work on stuff they can't tell anyone about and they've moved to a place that's kind of in the middle of nowhere it's Other than no that, longer it's, in the middle it's great. Area. Right. right and so so now you say okay what does it take to start a company and it's almost all the opposite things right how do you go out how do you how do you live in the world of conflict of a startup where you're confident enough that you can sell your product or sell your service but also not so overconfident that you're making claims that aren't true, right? So the startup world is, a, is one that you have to kind of always live on this edge of promising things that aren't quite finished yet, but not promising things you can't deliver, right? Looking at a future that's really optimistic while not, you know, betting the farm too early because you're borrowing money to start it, other people's money, right? And so other people's money always comes with a you know, some strings attached. So, Always. So that, so teaching engineers what it is to be 
business people is that's where I spend my time. And we've got a, a, a bunch of ways of doing that. Um, every Wednesday uh, evening, five to seven, it's pizza and beer and, um, you know, caffeinated drinks. Of course. Uh, and we tend to have folks coming in. So you mentioned the Data Tribe guys. Dave come in. You know, we've got Cisco's uh, Cisco Security Group, which was the Source Fire guys, right, that also came out of the agency. So they've come on. Uh, Ron Gould has come in. So we basically have a program of entrepreneurs that are local that come in and kind of tell their stories. So it's a lot of storytelling and a lot of vetting of new ideas and then um, – and then the engineers start their ideas and we try to get behind them. But it's not, it's a very bottoms up organic process. So I don't tell anyone no to any of the ideas that they want to start. What I do say is, okay, if you want to do that, here's where that needs to get to. Here's what it needs to look like. Here's why investors might be interested. So here's how customers get interested. Because by the way, it's not about investors. It's about customers, mm -hmm. right? If you can avoid investors, great, right? Um, and... And it's more, here's the kind of questions you have to have good answers for. And if you want to work on these, it's the kind of the overtime for free. It's an inverted IRAD model. So uh, a lot of Internal R&D. Yeah, uh, internal R&D. So a lot of government contractors have R&D. Typically, they allocate a budget for R&D at the beginning of the year. They take proposals. They vet them. They have some great group of, you know, brains on a stick internally that say, oh, these are the ones we want to get behind. And then they they allocate dollars. And then because most of them are services companies, it's people on the bench doing the work, not the actual guys with the ideas. And we've kind of flipped that whole model on the head. So we have an, an R&D budget. But what I do is I tell the guys, you go out and work in this yourself in your spare time, you know, in the evenings, on the weekends. And when you hit this milestone, I'll give you a cash bonus. This sounds an awful lot like to me, uh, Drew, as, as we wind this up, this sounds a lot to me like what Google does in Silicon Valley, for example. I mean, it, it it's modeled after that. In fact, if you go on our website, you'll see a link to a Google Documents, how Google works. So what we've tried to do is take um, their notion of smart creatives, right? The kinds of people that can start businesses, which are the lever point because starting a technology business or a business of any kind has never been easier, right? It used to be that if I built if I had a business, I needed infrastructure, right? If I wanted a technology business, I needed servers. Now I can go online with a credit card and stand up a world-class servers at Amazon. So, so we said, gee, the barriers to a business are going away. It's about the idea, the commitment, and building something that, frankly, customers want, right? And scaling that. And so what can you do to operationalize those philosophies to provide a platform for people who are in the government marketplace, but want to do something else. And how can you create a win-win? I believe, you know, great businesses are always about win-wins. And so, you know, we're not trying to just extract people from government contracting. What we're trying to do is provide a roadmap for people who are likely want to leave that in some ways it, it, it gives them a, it lowers the risk to the engineers themselves. In many ways, it has them stay at their, government jobs longer, and provides the government more access to commercial stuff coming back to them. So we have an example here, folks, of how you can help the region and people who are interested in being an entrepreneur retool away from government contracting. Definitely check out Masterpiece Launchpad, Drew Cohen, CEO. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. Well, thanks for having me. And that was another episode of What's Working in Washington. 
I'm Jonathan Aberman, and my producer, Tracy Madigan, we both remind you that what matters is how you think we're doing. So don't forget to direct message us at, at What's Working DC if you've got a story idea. And do tell your friends to subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One. And you know what? If you can take the time to rate our show, it'll help spread the word that this show is hitting an important chord for the entrepreneurial business community here in what you and I agree is one of the most interesting places to be an entrepreneur in the entire world. So we'll see you next time. Goodbye. The Finish the Game Podcast with your host, Sean Alexander. Draw play to Sean. Across the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Seahawks. Hey, this is Sean Alexander, NFL MVP. Check out my podcast, Finish the Game, where I discuss sports and life lessons helping you become an MVP. The Finish the Game Podcast. Find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, or at WTOP.com. Search Podcast DC.